All right, everyone, welcome to episode four of the Backyard Banter podcast. My name is Matt Harmon, still. That's four times in a row it's still been the same name. And, uh, you know, you know me from NFL.com, football guys, reception, perception, all that stuff. But on this podcast, if you've been listening so far, you know that we're not really here to talk about football takes per se, but more so we're interviewing some of the most well-known people in the industry or in our community and trying to find out how they got to where they are, how their impact on the industry ended up being the way it was and how we can help you guys find your way as well. And today we have a guest that I'm really excited to talk to somebody that was really supportive of me when I was kind of a little nobody and that's Rumford Johnny. So uh, Johnny, how's it, how's it going, man? It's going well, Matt. Hey, welcome aboard to, uh, by the way, shameless plug, Draft Day Consultants, man. Uh, yeah. This member. Uh, good to talk to you, man. I Listen, I, you know, I, what I love about what you're doing is, is so instrumental because you're really, uh, I think, the fine example for anybody that's getting started uh, in fantasy football to really look at. You're a younger guy. Uh, you bust. You really busted your hump. Uh, you know, putting out a lot of work out there, reaching out to the community, kind of being fearless about what you're doing, and it, it. You know, people respected it. People respected the work that you're doing. I was one of those people that saw what you were doing with reception perception. I know the right now with the draft, there's a sort of you know a, a somewhat of still somewhat of a split. I think people are kind of coming to the middle now, but I think there's somewhat of a split of the metrics and film community, and I think you kind of reason I really respected what you're doing is that you were kind of showing the work on the, the, you know, the catch rates for some of these um, wide receivers and where they were winning and so forth and so on. And I respected that because it really kind of helped qualify what we we're seeing on tape as well. And of course, with the combine just uh, passing now that we are seeing how everybody is, is measuring up in terms of explosion scores and so forth and so on. And all that we tie together and we're able to kind of better understand why we're drafting so-and-so in our rookie drafts and why we're going to invest in them in our dynasty leagues. And those things are very, very important. I think what you've done and what some other people have done in, in other facets in the metrics community and in the film community, tying all those things together are important. And that's why uh, I think that it's, it's, always, it's always good to, to listen to somebody that's new to the community or maybe just still sort of getting their feet wet and they introduce something to you that, that kind of opens your eyes. And, you know, I've done this for a long time. I mean, I was playing fantasy football before Matt Harmon. You know, Matt Harmon was in, in training pants, you know, that kind of thing. And liter- literally. And, you know, for me, you know, to, to, to look ahead and say, wow, I love what this kid's doing. And it's important. And I, I'm going to share some of this because I think it matters. And I also think it, it helps me get better at what I'm doing as well. So we should never be close-minded about what we're seeing out there in the community. We should always open our eyes to things and listen, put our ear to the ground. And social media has been fantastic. I would have, I wouldn't have known you. I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't talk to you. We wouldn't be having this conversation now had it not been for social media, which is fantastic. It's a new age. It's a new time for, for knowledge and understanding uh, and trolling, of course. Yeah, right. Uh, and th- some of the bad stuff, but we'll get to that. But you know, for the most part, it's been really supportive. And I think that you know, my role has always been sort of more of a, you know, I give the ten fingers over over the wall. You know, like I, I boost people up. I try to and give people a a little bit of a push uh, in the community. And that's always kind of the way I've been. I mean, I I'm not the guy that's going to be writing a hundred articles. Uh, you know, 
the prolific people, God bless them. That's not me. Um, I'm not the super numbers guy. I've always kind of, you know, concentrated on one thing and tried to focus on, on certain things. And, you know, for me, podcasting was, was a natural, I love it. Um, I, I can't shut the fuck up. So obviously this is a good medium for me. You, you and me both. So we could go for a few hours. Here. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that, that's really was the natural for me because I love to talk about it because I always feel like I can convey my thoughts better who's speaking anyway. And so, you know, that's kind of why I fell into the podcast game. I mean, we started with two mugs prior to that. I was, uh, I had met Ryan Forbes, uh, rifle 18 on Twitter, by the way, great follow and, and a great golf fantasy golf follow DFS, by the way, uh, he's on uh, fantasy Inter- insiders right now. Uh, he and I kind of sort of met on a different site and then we started working together on a now defunct site and, just decided to start our own website, uh, which became two mugs, fantasy And then became obviously the, the podcast, which kind of took off a little bit in the community, which was, which was great. I mean, it was just basically two people talking about fantasy football, uh, well before the explicit rating was a thing. <laughs> it was just two guys drinking beer and talking about fantasy football, like they were at a bar, you know, and that's kind of how it, it sort of sprung from there. And, and I was really, always really comfortable and happy doing that, you know, and, and we did that for three years and almost going on four. And then, you know, life kind of took a turn and we did our separate thing. And then I did a year with uh, Ray Summerlin uh, from Rural World and uh, did the Rummy and Ray podcast, which was more of a, really a focused DFS podcast. So that's kind of where it was. And I've done some dynasty stuff for bro Jackson as well. And some non-football stuff for bro Jackson as well. Um, and that's kind of where I am. I mean, in, in terms of, you know, the whole fantasy football community thing, it's just sort of being the guy that's just sort of on the fringe, you know, I'm the guy on the, on the couch, you know, just kind of glazing over a little bit. Like I'm just taking it all in. Uh, I'm, I'm not the, the most, again, not the most prolific guy. I'm not the guy that I'm not the Matt Walden that's in, in the, the film room, like picking up all the nuances and stuff. But, you know, I see it from my vantage point. I hope that people appreciate it, respect it. And that they're getting something from it. Uh, some of my goofy, rummy isms that that end up being circulated amongst the draft community. I know. Shout out to Josh Norris, who's always willing to prop me up for those stupid things. But it's just the way I see things, you know. Like I say, like so and so is uh, blah 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 blah. If you drop a piano on his head, you know, it's like a cartoon reference. Like he's the same guy if he's but he's shorter and more compact. You know, that's kind of how I see things, and that's sort of my, my contribution to the community. I mean, as, as goofy as it sounds, it's just making it accessible for everybody. Cause I know there are some things that you hear from other people who are much well more versed in scout speak and so forth. They're going to be able to tell you things that you're going to hear at the, at the senior bowl or, you know uh, you know, at the, at the shrine game, something like that, or even at, in, in, at the combine, I'm not going to be able to speak like that. That's not where I come from. Um, I'm more comfortable talking to you the way I understand football, the way I see it. And hopefully that's helpful to people. And um, that's why I love being part of draft day consultants. Again, another shameless plug Um, because I'm able to help people with what I've learned over time, not necessarily, you know, that I've learned it by the book, so to speak, just learned it over time, understanding certain things and getting better at it, making mistakes, learning from those mistakes hopefully 
you know, imparting some of that wisdom to other people. So that's kind of where, it, where I am. And I, I mean, you know, I've taken a little bit of a step back in the community and, and just sort of, you know, you know, working with draft day consultants, just doing that sort of thing and doing one-to-one stuff, but mostly just being a presence in, on Twitter and talking about the draft and all that, which I, I do love. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of my role right now. It's kind of a weird role, but, you know, I, 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 to, to help anybody out in the community to say like, how do you get started? I say, get started by listening and watching everybody. And, 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 you know, like I said, I, I focused on people that I thought were bringing something different to the table, you know, and, uh, try to give those people a push and connecting with those people, talking to them, having them on my podcast and so forth and so on. And I think keeping that, that sort of community going, you know, and, and the exchange of information is the most important thing really, because that's going to provide you the opportunities down the line. I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. That is how it all happens. That's how we all, like you said, in this weird little way in social media, that's how we all ended up being connected. Um, and really, you know, become, become tight that way, which is, which is fun. It's exciting. And that's why, yeah, I always tell people too, like when they ask me, how do I get started? Like, well, actually just get started. Like, get on Twitter, like start, you know, and, and it's always people that ask me like, how do I get started? And I see they have like, you know, they follow like a hundred something people. They have like a hundred followers and you know, they've tweeted like 500 times or something. I'm like, you got to get more active, man. You just got to just get out there and just start talking. Um, Cause people want to, people want to know. And that's another big point. We're going to go layer by layer, pretty much everything, what you just laid out there. But one thing that you said that's really important is the idea of like, nobody should be scared of the community growing. Like it makes us all better when there are other voices out there providing unique content and everything. So I, I agree. And I, that's what I think so much, like that's why I respect you so much is because you, you do find those people and you prop them up. You know, I was one of them. There's been others. And I think that's a really important role. And, you know, you still have a lot of influence. Like, you know, you say you, you're taking a step back and you're kind of on the fringes and that may be, that may be true, but <laughs> that may be true. But like, you still have like 12,000 followers. People still respect uh, what Rummy, like what uncle Rummy has to say, you know? So, um, but anyways, I kind of want to go back to the beginning there. Um, and we talk about, you know, playing fantasy football before I was like, when I was in, in training pants, probably honestly before I was born, maybe I don't even <laughs> probably, know. <laughs> probably, yeah. uh, so like, just talk about like, when did you first fall in love with football and fantasy and like, just how did that all get started? Well, fantasy football really didn't become a thing for me until like the early nineties, I guess. Uh, again, so yeah, was... right around when I was born. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, around, right around when you were born. Uh, you know, it, it was a workplace thing. Uh, prior to that, you know, I played through high school. Um, you know, played Pop Warner, you know, Pee Wee, all that stuff, played football, loved football, you know, went to football camps and, and you know, just loved the game more than anything. Um, and for me, it just provided a really good outlet. I mean, I, I've written about this and I'm, I'm going to get a little personal here. I know this is like a little bit more of a talk about you podcast. So I'm going to talk about me for a second. Yeah, it's all about you. Uh, it, you know, I, I, I grew up a victim of child abuse and I, uh, you know, had, I was an angry kid growing up. So I had an outlet. I needed to get rid of some of that rage. So I played a lot of contact sports. I, I boxed for 10 years, played football, um, you know, better at much better at boxing than I was at football, but uh, still loved it, you know, still loved the game of football. So I, you know, I was, I just really loved it. And, and once fantasy became a thing, 
uh, even on, on, on the most basic level before it became really popular, I, I was way into it. You know, it was a work thing. Any, anytime there was an opportunity to start a league, I usually was the commissioner. You know, I brought it forward. People were like, what the hell is that? You know, like, they had no idea back then what it was. And I brought it up and like, oh, that sounds cool. And I, and I took care of all the numbers. And, you know, back then you had to kind of write everything down. You have to kind of go into the newspaper literally – uh, watch ESPN, take notes and all that stuff. And all those little things were how you created those leagues. That was nothing like it is now, which is way easier for people to kind of uh, less daunting for people to kind of get involved. Now it's all so automated now. Um, so back then it was, it was, it was a little bit more involved. So I think that kind of did help me getting involved in, in fantasy later on, because we did have to do some of the, the grunt work, you know, really, taking down a lot of the different stats and the notes and everything else and have to log everything on paper. So you had to do some work. You didn't really, you just couldn't let it just happen for you. Oh, I'm going to pick so-and-so because I, that's my favorite team. You know, you just couldn't be stupid like that and just join your work league and just get lucky, you know, because you drafted so-and-so that nobody was, you know, targeting and you got lucky, you know, they just fell to you or oh, that you were auto-drafted. Uh, Julio Jones, you know, like he just, you can't get lucky like that. Now it's, it's, you know, it's, it's much different now. It's much more uh, nuanced, you know, fantasy football has so many different variations. Now we have, you know, leagues with, with, you know, super flex leagues and, and stuff like that, where, you know, you really have to pay attention. You know, back then it was like, you know, it was pretty basic. It was a standard league. PPR wasn't even really part of the discussion until we started talking about maybe we should value receptions in these leagues, you know, and, and that thing sort of happened and got better and better. And, and the internet came along and, and, you know, we all started to play Yahoo fantasy football. And, you know, I was like still one of my longest running leagues uh, for work. It was, was a Yahoo league that I was in up until like a couple of years ago. And, you know, once you got into that, it was just sort of an every year thing, a bonding thing. Everybody kind of, assembled and you didn't have to all be in one place you just be at your computer and chatting and it was a it was a cool way to bond with people that you know maybe some people that you didn't see you know for a while maybe they moved away but they were still in your league and it was sort of uh, you know an interesting way to kind of you know hang out with your friends and and draft that one night and then be in a league and kind of communicate with them and then it just sort of become much more involved now where we are now, where it's like really an industry now. Um, but, you know, back then it was just a cool thing to do. And, you know, that's, that's kind of why I got into it. It was just a fun thing to do with people from work. And then it became a little bit more involved than that. And it was because then it became how many, you know, year long leagues are you in? And then obviously it's now transitioned to different stuff like MFL tens and DFS and, you know, it's become so much bigger now than, than it was to start. And uh, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's a money-making industry. I mean, I'm talking to you. You have a job now in the NFL because, you know, it, this is huge. And it affords you that opportunity to be able to impart that knowledge to people and because it is so popular now. Yeah, it's incredibly popular, and it's it always blow it just blows me away like how much interested you know how much interest is in it. Even just from like when I started playing like eight years ago back in, when I was in high school, and um, or maybe nine years ago, whatever. But anyways, so yeah, it's it's crazy. And 
like you kind of mentioned there, it definitely went through a big transition. It's becoming more popular. What made what made you like as a as an individual want to take more of an active role in fantasy? It to the point where like you kind of put yourself out there and like started like being an analyst instead of just like I play in a ton of leagues and everything. I think it's it's just like anybody else. Like you 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 know like. I honestly like was in a, well, I was part of a, uh, a pay site at the time, you know, I was, I had been active for a long time, but I became uh, part of the, I was a subscriber to fantasy guru, the John Hansen site. And, you know, a long time ago, and I was on the message boards and I know that the owners, John and, and some of the other guys that write for the site. And actually I'm friends with those guys now, Joe Dolan and everything else. Um, they, they look at the message boards, you know, for people talking about topics because you know, they're always there to try to improve the product, but they also are there to, to mine for new talent for the site. So, yeah. you know, I was asked to, to, to join, you know, the site. And at the time, being, you know, just ha- having just started in a uh, – I've worked in the medical field with people with disabilities, and I know that you had for a short time as well. Uh, but I've been doing that now for, God, you know, 20 plus years now, 25 years or so. And um, I was just start, starting to elevate my status in, in that job, you know, where, where I was asked to do more, you know, it was, it was consuming so much more of my time. And I just, I've always been that guy. I can write so much and I just don't have the time for to sit down and really burn that, you know, that midnight oil because I have midnight oil burning for my work stuff. And you know, for the day job. So I always sort of always focused on, you know, paying the bills and paying the mortgage and being smart in that, that sense. And, uh, you know, I was approached by John, you know, asked me if I wanted to write for the site and I, I was flattered and I just said, no, and, you know, I, I, I couldn't at the time, but I, I thank you so much. And I kind of kicked myself a little bit for not saying yes at the time, but I don't know where my life would be now if I had decided to just do fantasy football writing. It might have taken a different turn, um, you know. And, and I'm not—I don't regret that at all. I just—I said no to it, and then, then of course, the opportunity from that onto other sites, uh, sort of uh, in, into a fantasy league, where I ended up meeting Ryan Forbes, then became the opportunity to start our own writing gig and, and you know, our own website and do that and just put it out there. And that was sort of comfortable for me because I was able to do so many articles per week. You know, we each sort of divvied up, like, you do this, the rankings, and I'll do this, I'll do the wave of wire, and blah, 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 blah. And, and that's exactly what we did. It was super basic. And, but it caught on, and people liked it. And at the time, it was exactly what I could do. And I said, well, why don't we do a podcast? You know, podcasts are starting to become popular. At the time, it was just sort of still a burgeoning thing. It wasn't like hugely popular, but I'm like, let's do a podcast. And we did one and it took off and people were really cool about it. You know, it was always kind of, uh, you know, in terms of the fantasy football podcast was always in like the top 20, you know, I mean, for, for a little rinky dink mom and pop deal, we, we somehow managed to, to have that many followers and listeners and I was blown away and, and, and flattered and, and felt great about it. So, you know, that was kind of what I, what I can offer to people out there that are, that are listening is that do that, you know, do exactly that, like start something, like start your website. I mean, what you did backyard banter. I know 
our buddy Davis Maddock, you know, uh, started Sports Wonderkin. He did that. And, and, and people, you know, that have their own, you know, website or, or, you know, are, are, you know, their own blog and they start out writing about stuff and they approach somebody and they get things, you know, they catch on somewhere else and maybe they're writing, you know, you know, for a little bit for, for Roto world, maybe a little bit for four for four, maybe they're doing a little bit over here for football guys and, you know, bits and pieces. And that's kind of how you get started and that's how you get noticed. And, you know, working hard, you know, put your nose to the ground, being polite and, you know, being cool with people on the internet goes a long, long way because there are people that, that aren't very kind to people that spit on other people's work that are going to always be in that plateau. You know, I'm not special. I'm not, I don't do anything, you know, I haven't written anything noteworthy in a long time, but I, I still manage to, to be able to have conversations with people and still be able to have my word respected because I haven't, you know, tried to trip anybody up. I'm not, that's not my point. My point is always to, if you can't, you know, the old golden rule, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. You know, if you can't elevate somebody, then, to get out of their way, you know, that that's kind of how I look at it. So, you know, be, be a good citizen in the community and people will like you and, and respect you. Uh, and, you know, you, you know, you, your work will stand out, you know, like your work stood out. Like I talked about Davis's work, you know, guys like, like TJ Hernandez and Chris Raybon over for four, four, four and our buddy, you know, uh, Rich uh, Rebar, that you know, Lord Reeves, he, he's you know done amazing work to me, and and I, those are the types of things. Kevin Cole for for uh, Rotoviz, I mean, people that are just doing blindingly fast, like prolific, intricate work that you should be paying attention to, and not that everything that you do it should be taken as gospel. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that pay attention because there's so much out there. And, you know, take some of that and put, you know, impart some of that wisdom and, you know, form your own opinions and, and start your own blog. I mean, start your own idea, you know, come up with something on your own that is unique, maybe a little bit different from the norm. You know, people saying, you know, being contrarian is like, well, sometimes you just you're just trying to veer so far from the norm that you just, you're just you're just trying to get noticed. Yeah, of course you are. It's exactly what you're trying to do. You Sometimes, have to do that. You it's have especially to. Especially in this industry when all the content is so like – like we talked about this with JJ last episode. Like nobody cares about your rankings because you're nobody, you know. You got to yeah. have something that stands out. Exactly. I mean if you do something unique, um, you know, like Sean Siegel is your running back, you know, and stuff like that. You know, you do something unique that people like, oh, wow, that's interesting, you know, and – kind of veer from that or maybe you you take away something from you know uh an experience that you had like you know i was talking to somebody the other day and like oh, we're doing mfl 10s i'm like i'm like i'm not drafting tight ends until the like the very last like uh in the last six rounds like i'm not touching them this year why why, why? it's because it's so it's a, such a cliff if you draft one if you draft gronk early you know if you, you draft one of the, the the big tight ends early and then it's like a huge cliff from there. So why bother wasting time on that when you could be stacking up wide receivers and then getting somebody that maybe is 20 points lower at like six rounds, seven rounds later, you know, than that, than that, that tight end and, and stuff like that. Like you just takeaways, you know, like 
say, well, what's your sample size? Well, my sample size is I played, you know, 50 MFL 10s. That's plenty. You know, like if you played three, then your, 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 your information means nothing. But if your sample size is significant, then you're taking away something. You're extracting some information that, hey, wow, this showed – this came to mind after I, I looked at this from last year. And, boy, these, my, my best teams now are all teams that I drafted a quarterback in rounds 9 to, like, 11 or 12 and then tight end to, like, you know, 14 to 16 and then drafted all my, my defenses last and didn't care about anything else and blah, 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 blah. And if you if you do something like that, and you share that information, then maybe people people will get better at it the next time they 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 get into one of those you know MFL ten situations. Because most of the time, people just don't care. They just they go in those yeah. leagues and they they draft. Oh, that's a name I remember, and I draft that guy. And they don't have a structure or rhyme or reason. Um, I, I'm trying to think of who it was that was on Evan Silva's podcast, uh, Eaton podcast, not long ago. Uh, but he is uh, the most efficient MFL 10 player uh, last year based on how many he entered. I think he won like 15 leagues and he had entered 40. Right, yeah. It was, which I, is uh, absurd. I can't remember his, his username. Yeah, I'm sorry, and I, I apologize to him because I, you know, he's, he's uh, super prolific. But just the way he was talking about it, it's like that, it, he just made a ton of sense. Like the way the things that he, I don't draft any rookies. Like, right. why, why not? You see everybody draft rookies. They get excited because the, the combine comes around. I'm going to draft Josh Stockson. I love Josh Stockson. He's my number one wide receiver this year, and we'll talk about that later. But anyway. Um, but I think something that you're taught, like hitting on here, and this is what I always tell people, like regular fantasy players when they're drafting, and then you know it also applies to people in the industry that are coming up with these unique kind of maybe contrarian sort of models and – you know, maybe people don't respect it right off the bat, but it's much better to be laughed at in August than oh God. You know, at, the, yeah. at the end of your league, you know? So take that risk. If you have an idea, start spreading it. And, and if, if people don't accept it at first and then by season's end, they're like, oh, hell, like he was right. I mean, perfect example was being like, and I was talking about this on a podcast. I think it was with, yeah, it was with, it was on the Dynasty Blueprint podcast I was on this week talking about like disliking Devontae Adams in August this year was tough, man. Like, that, like, and I was, I was, I was like king of that castle. Like, I didn't want to touch Devontae Adams at any point in his price. But then lo and behold, he goes out and has a terrible season. They're like, oh, well, maybe Harmon knew what he was talking about. So just because it's tough at first, you have like a contrarian idea like that. Don't, well, don't be afraid. Be bold, you know? You're talking to the guy that was on, on Devonta Freeman Island. Right, for sure. In Dynasty last year. And, and I wrote an article and was like, you know, a lot of people gave me crap for it. And, you know, a, a few people made a point to, like, put a big cast, a big spotlight on how stupid my take was. Um, yes. But it turns out that it was right. And, and, and it turns out that this year everybody's telling you to draft him now. And that he's like, even though they, they, they can't stand him and that he sucks at football, He's super efficient in what he does for that offense, so you should draft him. Well, that's yeah. kind of what I was trying to tell you last year, and that's <laughs> right. sort of like you know what you should really be taking away from people that are kind of giving you that idea like, hey, don't look at the shiny object necessarily. Just kind of look at the, the thing that's, that's closer in the mirror, you know, the, the rear view mirror. That's something that you can actually grab and say, this person will probably be – more helpful to you because they're going to have a larger role because they're established because 
they have a rookie uh, that's breathing down their neck, they're probably going to try harder and that you actually believe a little bit in their talent. And that's, that's kind of the point. Like, you know, we, we get down to, to, to dynasty drafts we're talking about. Um, you know, people are excited about rookies. There are a lot of guys, second year guys, third year guys, you know, that are, are going to be, you know, being pushing themselves now to, to play better. Maybe potentially in contract year, some guys, maybe a fourth year guy that you're going to see come out of nowhere and suddenly be beneficial to you that maybe people aren't talking about because, you know, the shiny new object is right in front of you. And that's, you know, that's the par for the course. I mean, we, we, we get excited about that, that fresh blood and, and we, you know, we obviously want to see these young players uh, succeed, but there's also that point that historically we know that only a small portion of them are really going to exceed expectations. Most are going to be okay, but ultimately, if you you know you put you put them side by side with say a wide receiver three or four or running back two or three, they're not really exceeding those numbers. So why invest so much? Because it's a name, you know, because it's, you know, Derrick Henry, you know, why do that when Chris Ivory, who could end up in a really great place, could blow him out of the water next year? Yeah, and... I think. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I think one thing that you're kind of talking about here, just noticing and how you're explaining some of these fantasy situations that I think is really important. And you and you talked about this earlier, like. You know, you're you're not you're not like sitting here giving out any advanced analytics or any advanced stats like that. Like, <laughs> no, you, no. You you very much go off like what you, f- you know, like what you feel, like what you think, and and intangible things like what we you know what like the the dirty word of like narrative or whatever. You know, like guys. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm captain narrative, dude. I, and I don't. I, I'm shamelessly captain narrative, and I don't care because. Right. Uh, again, I, I'm not going to show you a spreadsheet that shows you history, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, go look back and see last year how many rookies exceeded expectation or how many rookies gave you this, uh, you know, in, in comparison to a third year wide receiver or, or how many rookie tight ends really jumped off the map last year. Yeah. And my, my point of bringing that up is like, I think that people, especially now with, with analytics becoming more and more popular and, and so many people like with all their numbers. And I mean, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of a ton of numbers in my work and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, I think a lot of people get intimidated by that and they're like, Oh shit, I can't do any of that. So I'm not going to get started. But I, I think you're a good example of somebody that people, like you said, like Josh Norris, other people in the industry really respect, you know, just your instincts and, and why then like, that's important. And that's something that Sigmund always talks about too, is like narrative, and Cecil too, both of them on the show. Like I always talk about narrative belongs in fantasy football analysis. And I think that that's something that I definitely think you impart to people out there is that like you can have a voice, you can have a respected place in this industry. You don't have to just be like a numbers guy. So if that's not your thing, like, don't mm-hmm. worry. There's other, you know, there are other avenues to take to, to get your voice out there. Right. And, and, and listen, I, I'm, like I said, I'm open to every, aspect of this community obviously i'm my mind is open to metrics i wouldn't even be you know on this podcast if i wasn't talking about metrics because i part of what you do in, mm-hmm. in reception perception is really metrics it's, it's percentages it's For a sure. metric it's a metric so you know that's something that i noticed and i was aware of so i i appreciate that and i take that in and i use some of that knowledge to what i want to do 
And, you know, a great example is Josh Doxson. I started watching Josh Doxson and, you know, looking at his games and looking at him winning big and small, contested situations, running slants, you know, running deep routes. And, you know, immediately at this point right now, I mean, I'm still looking at, at players right now. He's, he's my wide receiver one now. Now, mm-hmm. here comes the combine. He tests off the charts. And everybody's like, wow, Josh Doxson. I had, you know, I didn't really, had not really thought of him in that way. It was always Treadwell and, and some of the other players, and they hadn't thought of them that way. I'm like, for me, <clears throat> it's not an I told you so situation at all. It's a like, oh, good. I just confirmed what I saw. Mm-hmm. And the explosiveness laterally, some of those things. Like I, I see him pl- winning small as a small receiver on the slants and being able to sort of juke defenders out of their, their cleats, that sort of thing that's visual to me. I can now you know, correlate that because he's testing really well in some of those drills, some of those lateral drills, like the three cone and so forth. Some of those things are showing up. You know, the explosion, you know, we, I, I can see him winning the 50-50s. The explosion shows up because he's able to sort of win in those 50-50 situations. So those things are showing up as well. When all those things tie together, then you feel better about people that you're trying to tout. And I'm, as I, you know, as the years go by, I feel better about those things because sometimes you have to, and I talked about this with, with Josh Norris, make those leaps of faith. Sometimes guys like, you know, uh, Odell Beckham, where I, you know, again, Island, you know, sentiment last year where I just what he was able to do with that small sample size or smaller sample size. I thought, I don't see anybody doing this. You know, he was just so unbelievably physical uh, and so athletically gifted. And and when he did make catches, it was it just it just it wasn't something you could ignore. And that's why. You know, I wish I had really even pushed him even further, you know, but I kind of fell I kind of fell into that trap, uh, you know, with the Evans and, and, and you know, guys that I loved anyway already and the guys that I still like anyway because of the draft capital. But guys that you, you guys that you really love because of the way they jump off on film and like, man, I just this guy's going to be a superstar. And, and you know, I, I pushed him really hard. And again, it wasn't a popular opinion at the time. And, and he turned out to be a really great wide receiver. Now, sometimes you miss. Sometimes you, you prop up a, a player that, you know, doesn't work out. You know, that maybe it's not, you know, uh, you didn't pull his eye. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, it's some of something that you missed. Or maybe something because of where they landed. Maybe they're not being utilized correctly. Um, and, and those things all, you know, play into it. But it's, you know, it's good to understand that we can't write the history of a player in one season, you know, we can't, you know, you have to give them some time, you know, two years, three years, year three, if they haven't, you know, done anything and they haven't made a a mark yet, it's, it's safe to kind of like say, okay, I was wrong about this guy. But I mean, you know, if you give them a year, you give them two years, sometimes, sometimes running backs don't, you know, really put everything together in the puzzle until two, three years down the line. It happens. But I think for the most part, within two or three years you should be able to to see what you saw early on you know it should all come together it should all make sense and that's kind of what i'm where i'm at I, I think that you know that's that's the important part i mean by just looking at sh- sheer numbers 
you're often going to fall for the trap of this guy is, you know, he, 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 he just blew up in college and this and that. And I'm going to he, he exploded at the combine, put up great numbers or his pro day, he put up great numbers. I'm buying, you know, and, and that's that's where I I can't I can't completely buy into the metrics argument if that's all you're looking at. If you're not looking at how they they win and so forth, I think the combine drills I, I, are interesting to me because the explosion drills matter. I, the, the straight line speed matters to some extent. You know, to you know, if you're at a four or five or so, or maybe a little bit beyond that, it's fine. Uh, be, below that's great, but if if you're not winning, uh, you know, you're dropping a lot of passes, uh, and you're not basically, uh, you know you know, winning intermediately, you don't look smooth in and out of your routes, then it doesn't matter. You know, if all that doesn't tie together. It doesn't matter. So all those things are important. So, you know, we see like the gauntlet at the, at the combine, you know, guys catching passes, you see what you see on film already with certain guys who catch smoothly and transition from the catch to just, you know, not looking stiff and rigid out of their break. All that shows up. In, in a drill. It's like, it's, it's amazing that you can see that and say, I saw that on film. This is what this guy looks like. This is guy shakes people out of their cleats. This is what he does. And so it shouldn't come no, as no surprise to you. And these are the kind of things that you should take away and try to impart some of that into your metrics as well, because if you do, you're going to be a little bit better at this, I think. And again, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking at spreadsheets every day. I'm not looking at all those numbers and trying to look at every game versus this common opponent and all that stuff. Sometimes that can get a little, it can bog down your mind a little bit and really kind of get you clouded on, is this person actually very good? You know, and, right. and, and some of those things are, um, can kind of take you off the road a little bit, you know, off, off to the side. And I, I think that's something that you have to be concerned about, but I think, some of that also is very, very important. You know, like somebody that, you know, didn't like have many yards after the catch, didn't force many, you know, they didn't break many tackles. All that matters because you're not always going to land in a, a situation where you're going to have great blocking for a running back. Or you're not going to be in a situation where you're going to be facing off man all the time, like in college, you know, with a lot of these wide receivers who are big time wide receivers. They face a lot of off man, you know, or zone coverage, and they, they, they yeah, they're, they're breaking off these big passes and 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 for yardage and everything else. But in in the NFL, they're going to get busted up. They're going to get pressed, and they're going to get pressed and get pressed and pressed and pressed, and they're not going to look like the same wide receiver, at least not right away. So you have to think about those things. You have to consider those things that you won't see, you know, in anybody's stats or on a, on a, you know, on a, on a chart, you're not going to see that because unless somebody's charting that, you know, unless somebody's starting right. like you, like you did, like, which, which is great. And I, I lodged you for it because you had just, I know you've been posting in reception perception uh, guys that are facing press coverage and zone coverage. That matters. That matters so much because the guys that are winning when they're getting roughed up, you know, uh, getting pressed all the time, those guys are going to ease into the NFL much easier. Because they're not always going to face off man, you know, especially if you're not fast, if you're not a fast wide receiver. Right, yeah. No, why does, why should anybody respect you if you're not fast? I mean, there, I mean, it, it, you have to have all those other skills. You have to be able to win intermediately. 
and, and have those movement skills to, to make people respect you. Otherwise, they're not going to. So they're, they're going to press you. If you can't run, they're going to jam you up the line all the time because you're not going to separate deep from them. So all those little things are so important. So I laud you for that because I think that is another component that people really should be focusing on. Well, I certainly appreciate that for sure. And, you know, it's, it's definitely why I do it because I think it matters. And it's like you're, like you're talking about here, you know, there are multi – layers of processes and, and, and different things that people bring to the community. You know, we are like, we all have such a diverse approach to this. And I think that's what makes it great. You know, like we were saying at the top, that's why we always are looking and well, like looking for and welcoming new voices because it makes us all better. Um, one thing I think that you were talking about earlier and I think has been a theme kind of on the same track has been a theme through all four episodes is like propping other people up. Like, not being just don't be an asshole like that seems to be something that 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 is important and i agree with you like you like you're saying just being kind to people is 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 how you get yourself out there and how you get people to respect you like is there ever a was there ever like a, a an example for you where that was difficult or like like tough to remain kind or like why does why is that so important to you in, in interactions I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm listen, I, I'll be honest. Like I, I, if somebody's unkind to me or disrespectful for no reason and like without, you know, without explaining why they're unkind, I generally block them. Yeah. You're, Twitter. you're, you're well known for the, for, yeah, for I'm, a quick I'm, block tr- trigger. I'm, I'm a quick block. I'm, yeah. And I, listen, I don't apologize for that. It's, it's not real life. I mean, there, there are right. people that I've met and, you know, I, I'm happy that I've interacted with outside of, social media, some of the people that I interact with on Twitter and so forth. Uh, I'm glad that I get to meet those people and they're nice people. And they're people that I want to spend time with and drink beer with and share a laugh with. Um, but there are beer people that are all, what's that? I said, beer is good. Yeah. Beer is definitely <laughs> good. Um, but there are also people that, you know, I just, uh, listen, I, I, I talk about this and I'm not a tough guy, but I, I, I spent a big part of my life punching people in the face as a boxer. So I, I don't want to be in a situation where, somebody that was unkind to me on Twitter says, Hey, there's that, you know, in the drunken bar fight. And I just, I dropped somebody. I don't want to have to do that, but mm-hmm. you know, I try to avoid those things. I'm old. I have property now. People can take shit from me. I don't want to do that. So, <laughs> uh, so that's how I feel about it. So for me, there were moments like that. And I just avoid those people. I block them and whatever. If somebody I'll say outright, if, if, if somebody said something horrible, and this is this. These are my precepts. Listen, I'm not a bleeding heart. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not I, politically. I'm right in the center. I'm not you know I'm not left or right. But don't make fun of somebody that can't defend themselves. Yeah. Uh, don't don't make fun of people based on race or gender. Uh, you know, you know whatever. You know their their lifestyle. Don't don't make fun of that. If you do that, then I block you. You know, and then if you say I'm an asshole because I blocked you, well, then go look through your fucking timeline. And if you were you were a dickhead to somebody, then maybe you know why I fucking blocked you. Right. So that's kind of how I approach it. I'm not I'm not trying to be a tough guy. It's just that's just I don't need to see that shit on my timeline. That's all. I don't have to. It's not like real fucking life. I'm not in at in line at the bank. I don't have to deal with the guy that farts in front of me because I'm waiting to get my check cashed. <laughs> In real life, I can block the guy that farts. You know what I'm saying? Like on Twitter, I can do that. I can block the farter. You know what I'm saying? Like the verbal yeah. farts. I don't have to deal with that shit. So that's how I look at it. And 
so it's been rare. There's been a handful of, of those things that have happened, but for the most part, people are awesome man. the people are fucking great. And you know, they're kind, they, they care about what you have to say. That's the greatest thing in the whole world. I mean, people, people that say that, Hey man, your, your podcast rant was hilarious. And, but it made me think about this and that. That's all I care about. I'm a, I'm, I'm like a shameless, like, you know, you know, frustrated stand-up comedian. So if I can crack somebody up, but also make them think I'm like in heaven. So that's, that's for me, that's, that's a great thing. And I've, I've loved doing that. And that's kind of one of the things I'll miss about not doing a podcast all the time because I, you know, can't like, you know, have that audience, you know, but, um, but I, you know, those, those things don't, don't really drive me every day. You know, I don't wake up thinking about this person who was mean to me on Twitter, you know, like, I don't care. I mean, I, I wake up, you know, because you worked in this field before I work with people who are profoundly, profoundly disabled. Right. And you know, their lives are so much more challenging every single day. And I wake up and I, you know, help them, but then I go home and I know that my life is never going to be as tough as their life. And so gives you perspective, man. Total, like, total perspective. And and again, just to so, so when somebody is says something stupid, it's like it's comfortable for you behind your little keyboard and your screen to say something dumb, which you have no repercussions for because you know Elmo is your fucking avatar. And you don't have to deal with me. You know what I mean? So. And I love Elmo, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 but, no, no. But if you're no, an no. asshole, you have like evil Elmo. Then fuck you. Um, but no, I, I mean, just you, if you don't have to deal with people one to one, then just don't do that. That's just how I approach it. Like if you know, treat people that the way you want to be treated. It's such the basic golden rule uh, aspect of of life. If if you're doing that, you're proof that that happens to good people. You got an opportunity, you did good work. You, you weren't a dick to people. You were kind to people. People propped you up because you're smart and you were also a good guy. And that, that helped you out. Mike Clay, same thing. Mike's just a fucking grinder and Mike's never been a douche to anybody on the internet. And look where Mike's going now. ESPN. Seriously. And anybody. I mean, in examples, you know, Evan, anybody that's ever given a leg up to people and, you know, it's never been a dick to them, you know, just, I mean, it's different to like kind of playfully jab and have fun with people. You know, we, oh, are, we, yeah. const- we constantly do that within the community and that's one thing. But if you're, you're a jerk to me, then I'm going to be a jerk to you. I mean, if, if you're nice to me, I'm going to be nice to you. I mean, I, I get, you know, a lot of, you get a lot of mentions during the day, the course of the day, I try to talk to a lot of different people and respond to if I can, I am at work, you know, during the day. So it's hard for me to constantly, respond to people so but if it's a unique funny you know especially if you're funny so i'll say this to your audience if you tweet something funny to me not a douchey funny but like funny funny thing yeah. then I, nine out of ten times i'm gonna reply you know and i'll i'll usually favorite those because you know i'm a, I'm a comedy freak so i i, I anything funny that I, i'll i'll definitely jump all over it but um that's great man that's just that's why we do this you know that's why we interact i mean i know you've had a lot of really wonderful uh, engaging people on this podcast so far you know that that have been uh, wonderful examples of of how to react and interact to people yeah. uh, on Twitter and you know that's a great thing that's that's to me that's that's what this is all about I mean this is the age we're in um, if you're able to help people then do that you know no no matter how you do that if you retweet some that's why people say 
why don't you retweet that fucking article, man? It says something good about that dude. He sucks. I'm like, because it's well thought out and that dude's my friend. Right, yeah. Even if you disagree with it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you hate it. I'm not, I'm not like, endor- I'm, it's not like Donald Trump. Like, I'm endorsing Donald Trump. Like, I, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm endorsing the hard work that this person put into it. I may disagree with them, but sure. I'm, I'm giving them a push because I think they put a lot of work into something, you know? And, you know, to, to completely nod in agreement in unison like a lemming with somebody, you know, on, on, on a specific topic is ridiculous. I mean, that, that, that we would never get better at what we do if we all had group think. And that's such a dangerous thing is to like all just say, yeah, yeah. Because you'll look back at your fantasy failures over the course of the year. You'll look back at 2015, say, where did you fuck up? You'll look back, you'll see exactly where you fucked up. You'll say, the, I didn't listen to the people who told me Joseph Randall was a douchebag and a bum. You know what I mean? Right. Those people, like, I should have listened to those people or whatever. Like, I mean, just as an example, I mean, any player that, like, no, 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 don't burn, don't burn the tires in a pile over this player because he's just going to fail. And there's, a, a, you know, a dozen people say, no, 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 definitely going to get him in round three. Good. Get him in round three. Like, uh, stick it's to your when own. You do those, it's when you do those things that, like, oh, well, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is saying it's okay. Like, yeah, it's. It's like it's it's like a PSA for smoking, man, or something. Yeah, like, right. Don't come on, yeah. man. You know you want to do it, bro. But, and uh, I think uh, one thing that you one thing we were talking about earlier, like just helping other people, man. It, it's like this. You know, my my generation gets gets shit on all the time. Like everybody lines up to take shots at millennials, which like as uh, as a millennial gets a little tired. <laughs> and uh, but I think the one thing that is great about this generation, and not just my group of people like people that are my age but like you know guys like you and and Waldman and Sigmund that are older but like interact with us so much and 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 are so much like up to date with what like what's what the hell is happening in the world like on social media is like we're very like we're a very proactive generation I will say that like this podcast I think you know humble brag or whatever but it's very much like a millennial thing like I see something where I can help other people and I just do it like and I think that is something that defines our generation and it, and it so much comes out in the fantasy football community. Like, cause there's a lot of good people there. And you said this earlier too, like people that are negative and that, you know, try to step on other people or tear down other people's work. Like, believe me, you'll find people that think that's cute and like gravitate to mm-hmm. you being an asshole to other people. And like, don't worry. Cause there's plenty of other assholes out there that think that's cool and all. But you said it earlier, like you definitely have a plateau, like you, you will have a ceiling because people like at a large, at a large sense, just do not respond to that. And I think that's really something that's important. Yeah. Or, or people just will, will, will not like realize that these people are, you know, imparting some kind of negativity on the community or maybe, you know, because that person is, is like super, you know, up there you know what you know like always you yeah. know trying, trying to connect with them or whatever mm-hmm. uh, or whatever or friendly to them however you want to describe it maybe that that other person doesn't see that of, of that person those sort of that ilk of trying to break people down or trying to destroy someone else's thought process because they don't agree with it like it doesn't fit their their you know their whole platform I mean, I, and and that's fine like i i you know they're that's fine if you think that way and you have a certain like methodology that you feel is, you know, really strong. 
that's fine, but like, don't be respectful about it. Like, I, I, you know, and I've unfollowed some people recently. Like, like I thought we're being dicks because a bunch of people were saying that they thought that Derrick Henry was probably like Garrett Blunt. Like, maybe he needs some really superb blocking up front at the next level to get to the second level because he's a second level runner. And I don't think that's a negative thing. And I think he tested in the sense that that it shows that he's not this great laterally explosive guy. He's a big, strong downhill guy that, you know, in the right system is going to be awesome. And the wrong system might just be a guy that hits the, hits the pile a lot and, and, and disappoints you. And, you know, maybe is, you know, Melvin Gordon ish, you know, but, but with a, with more bulk, you know what I mean? And I think that's, you know, not a horrible thing, but also, a disappointing thing if you feel like he's the 101 on your your dynasty rookie draft or 102 you might be disappointed in the results now that's my opinion i some people disagree with me on that but there are people that shoot down anybody that thinks that because derrick henry was awesome in the title game that people you know whatever or, or you know in, in college football bowl games that he's you know he's he's a he's foolproof he cannot miss because of his size and because of the way he tested. Like you don't have to take that personally that somebody. No, I, that, and that's the point. Like I, I see that from people and I'm like, you know, like, dude, why, why would you do that? Like grow up, like just understand there are different viewpoints and that they're, they're, you know, again, this is, this is the part that I, I dislike about the community. When you're right about something, Oh my God, if the community was wholly wrong, like let's say the community was like, say 90, not even 90, Say the community was like 65, 70% wrong on a player, okay? The person that got it right, they're not going to get any fucking backpats. And trust me, that doesn't happen because right. people just don't line up to back, pat the back of the guy that was right in that small minority. It just doesn't happen but because no, people don't want to be reminded that they were fucking wrong about this guy, this guy, this guy because sometimes it happens. Now, again, that falls in line with the group thing. If people, you know – were heavily in one corner, you know, like nobody wants to hear about Sankey. If you were all lining up for Bishop Sankey, you know, you're feeding at the trough of Bishop Sankey. I wasn't a Sankey guy. And, and granted, you know, it, it was split after that happened and, and Sankey sort of underwhelmed. And I, I still think Sankey in the right system could still be a decent, he could bleed. He could be no Sean Marino. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That's exactly what I said watching him in college was he was like 2013, no Sean Moreno, which is fine if, if he's in the right system. And, and those are the guys that sort of become better players over time. Like I, and, and people that again, people that say you can't get better. You are who you are in college. You can never get better. Yes, you can. You can improve in certain elements. You can become a smarter runner, you know, let waste less effort laterally and all that stuff. You, you can get better. Trust me. It happens. We've seen it. So if he becomes Marino, then great. Then he's valuable to you on your fantasy team at some point. When? Who the hell knows? But um, that's what I see. So certain players like that, I don't invest in, in rookie dynasty drafts because I don't want to have a guy burning a hole in my bench for two years. Right. I just don't. Like two, maybe sometimes three years. So, you know, what I want to do is maybe buy that guy after year three if you start to see a little bit, maybe he gets cut by somebody and it gets picked up by another team, then maybe he gets a shot. And you like where he's being, 
you know, whatever team picked him up, maybe you like that situation. Then you grab that guy for nothing. You know, that's, that's the important part to understand about finding value when you're dynasty leagues and stuff like that is a guy that maybe you saw something and that maybe this situation that he's in now is probably much more, you know, beneficial to him being, being productive down the line. So that's the sort of thing that you have to look for. Not the, you know, holding on to a hope and a dream, you know, you know, wishing upon a star like Jiminy Cricket. I mean, a guy, if you, Jeff Janice, listen, Jeff Janice, I think he has some talent, but I mean, how many fucking years are you going to wait for Jeff Janice? I mean, I don't think it's going to happen next year. It might, but you know, you're better off selling him to somebody that thinks Jeff Janice is going to blow up next year. You know, yeah. no, it comes I mean, back to trusting your intuition, you know, like, just be, like, and then waiting for a data point, like a new data point, you know, like something to change. And it's like, oh, I remember, like, I felt this way about the guy then. Now this new thing has happened. Now right. maybe, you know, and that comes back to again, yeah, you know, going beyond the numbers, going beyond like, you know, intuitions and feelings and trusting your instincts and that sort of stuff, which is, I think, really important. Yeah, I think, I think we, we, if we should learn anything from, history of of and, and recent history last several years like two three years i've sworn a lot in this podcast like maybe too much sorry no uh, that's okay i don't care <laughs> if anybody listening cares you know, I know let me it's know. already i know there's already an e on this this rating so it doesn't matter yeah um, don't let your kids listen to the backyard banter podcast. <laughs> the backyard banter um Unless they want to be sports writers, and I guess maybe they should listen. But yeah, yeah, there you, you gotta go. grow up. Hey, you gotta grow up sometimes, kids. You got, you gotta, you gotta grow up. Uh, <laughs> I think if we learned anything over the last couple of years, Matt, is that there are a lot of people like players that come out that have physical, you know, athletic, off the charts traits. Guys that you know, it's two two guys that we you know on on the same team right now. Cordero Patterson and Jared uh, McKinnon right now. I mean, two explosive athletes. But what what are they exactly doing for you for your dynasty team? Mm. N- not much. Not much. Yeah. McKinnon maybe here and there if, if Peterson is out, you know, if he's hurt, maybe McKinnon has a big day one day. Uh, Patterson, he's buried by lesser, you know, I can say lesser, but not very good <laughs> NFL talent at wide receiver. Because he's just not that good at running routes yet. He's sort of just a big athlete that hasn't really put all the puzzle pieces together yet. So you have this great athlete, quote unquote, burning a hole on your bench that you're doing nothing with. And I think we, we learned a little bit about not following in love with traits, but following in love with traits plus production plus you know, what we see at the combine, plus what we see on film, tying all that together and saying, I trust that this player is going to be a decent pro. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to be the next so-and-so, you know, because we all love to make comps. And I, I'm, I'm captain comp. I know that. Um, but we don't know that they're going to blow up, you know, blow up in the NFL, but we know that they're going to be quality NFL players. That's the least that you can hope for when you're drafting these players because you know that you want to draft the players that you most expect will be helpful to you will score points most likely to score points that will be their high school yearbook uh, underneath their name most likely to score points for your fantasy team that's what you want yeah 
you know, you don't want to draft like the super freak because the super freak may never see the field, you know, and, and that's, you know, unfortunate. I mean, sometimes you're lucky. You hit the bullseye. Most of the time you don't. Yeah, they have to go, you know, they got to go to a situation that's conducive to that, too. Right, exactly. And clearly, like the two you mentioned, were not. Um, So my last question uh, for you before we kind of wrap this up, uh, you know, you're you described to me uh, when we were talking about doing this podcast that your role and influence in the community is, you know, self-described as in the rear view, rear view mirror, mostly. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why is why is that? Like, why are you kind of? Like you mentioned, taking a step back a little bit, you know, obviously, like I loved I loved Two Mugs podcast and Rummy and Ray podcast is really good, too. I think I think you're you're definitely a great example of somebody that, you know, just another guy, but but started these two killer podcasts that a lot of, you know, big time names came on. So why now are you take the kind of decided to take that step back? I, you know, just where I am in life. I know it sounds kind of lame i mean i'm not averse to saying uh you know now that you and i both are in draft you know day consultants that we might not spawn a a podcast and maybe do something at some point that that's something we've talked about and it could happen uh i'm not averse to that i'm I'm, you know i'm open to doing another podcast um the right kind of podcast the you know the, the right kind of information uh the the stuff that i'm most comfortable and happy doing you know it's about being happy like I think that you know what you're doing right now with this podcast is is a is a good thing. I think you walk away from this probably when you're done feeling good about what you're doing. Um, you know, for sure, vice, can, vi- can confirm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vice versa for you know in, in terms of uh, what you're doing in terms of what your work uh, for NFL.com as well. Um, those type of things, you know, you have to feel great about. You know, feel happy about. I mean, I was happy doing, you know, two mugs and 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 uh, Rummy and Ray. We did, you know, it was it, those things sort of you know, took their toll. And that's, that's sort of, they, they kind of came to an end, not, not a good or bad thing. It wasn't because like I was frustrated by it, you know, it was just, everything had its, had its course. Well, and I can so- imagine Ray, especially has got to be just a pain in the ass to work with. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I will say this. Listen, Ray, listen, Ray, Ray is the anal retentive chef of podcasting. <laughs> he, but I will say this in a, and I say this in a good, like loving way, because, he did. He made me do absolutely nothing but just come on to the podcast and just open my stupid pie hole and and spit, oh, that's beautiful. you know whatever. He lined everything up. He recorded it. He spliced it. He edited it. He was he was a G, and we had a good time. And you know he's going on to more work now at Roto World, and they'll be doing now uh, you know podcasts and stuff now for Roto World because mm-hmm. I believe Josh Norris now has started his under the Roto World banner. So. They'll be yes. doing that. They'll be doing that stuff, which is great. You guys, I, I know he's got. I know he's got one of us uh, as a guest coming up soon. Uh, nice. Spoiler alert! It's me. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert! It ain't me. I know that. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I'm. I'm obviously just joking. I, I love Ray, but yeah, I, I just yeah. wanted to. You no, know, it was, I, it was cool. It was cool. What we did was, and 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 you know, just so people know, you know, if they hadn't listened to it, what it was is was basically a Vegas centric, uh, DFS podcast and i thought what we did was kind of different and i thought now that i hear a lot of different podcasts a lot of podcasts are starting to sound a little bit like that i'm not saying they're copying us but it's um very vegas centric in terms of dfs which is great you know a lot of that information is sort of 
becoming part of the mainstream and, 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 and part, part of the talking points on getting better at, at playing DFS, which is awesome. And I, and I love that. And I love that people that were industry people would tell me, Hey, love the podcast this week and, you know, send me a DM or whatever. And For sure. um, that, that was, I appreciated that because the people that, you know, been part of DFS for years and I, you know, really still only uh, second year into it really. So for me, uh, that was great. And, and the fact that people got something from that. And I think that's the whole point. Like with DFS, I mean, there's no perfect podcast. There's a lot of different – or fantasy in general. I think there's no perfect podcast. There's a lot of podcasts who talk about different things and you extract certain elements from those podcasts and then, you know, form your own opinions and ideas. You know, somebody might say – this running back, you know, when, when he's faced against, you know, three, four teams, is, you know, runs for 3.8 yards a carry. And then against four, three teams, he's, you know, dropping 5.1. Oh, okay. And I heard that on that podcast. But on this podcast, I heard blah, 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 blah. He's not going to be getting the lion's share of the, of the passing, you know, down work and blah, blah. So you're taking all that, you're putting it together and forming your own opinions and hopefully helping yourself get better. That's that's kind of what the whole point is, is like taking a lot of different elements from the community, getting better at it. And if we imparted some of that intel into the community, then great. You know, that I was happy to be able to do that. Um, and I still might, again, still do that. And I might I, I guest on podcasts like this. Um, you know, I, I have fun doing that stuff. I mean, it's always interesting for me to like talk about football with people or life in general. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, we can all learn something from each other and, and be better people. Hopefully try to be better people because I'm far, yeah, try far, far from a good person. I mean, I, yeah. I always feel like I can always be better, you know, as a, again, I, I talked about as a survivor abuse, I, you know, I'm super hard on myself about everything. And uh, so that's for me to, to, to do things every, every single day that I think is trying to improve myself a little bit more is important. And that's true of this community. I think if, if, you know, there's somebody out there that wants help from you, try to give them help if you can, if, if, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, Hey, can you forward, forward this article to somebody that, you know, you know, how hard is that to do? You know, like you just do a little heading, say, say, Hey, uh, so-and-so uh, contacted me and they, can you check this out? If, if you don't want to, you know, that's fine. If you don't have time, but I told them and I do that for you and they're a good writer and blah, 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 and nice guy and blah, whatever. And, and that kind of thing is n- nothing. It doesn't take, it takes you five minutes to do, but you can open a huge door for somebody. And, you know, you, you now stand as an example of somebody that started out as a very young person. You're still a young person and you've already worked your way up uh, a ladder significantly. And, and I think that will continue. And, you know, you, you you seem fairly humbled by everything, uh, which I think is great. And I think that you should continue to feel that way. Uh, you're still young, so you're going to be, you know, you're going to be uh, uh, still a bit of a smart ass with people. And that's cool. Have to uh, be. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's great. I mean, because, you know, listen, that's a generational thing and that's, that's neat. But, um, but I also think that, you know, knowing that you've come from a certain thing and, you know, from a certain place and that you are able to kind of climb, pretty quickly uh you know people recognize your talent pretty early that's a good thing to be able to kind of you know stay focused and and continue to push i mean 
I live vicariously through, <laughs> through the work of you and other people because I'm just at a different plane in life, man. I mean, I, I you know, I, it, it sounds kind of weird, but like when you would ask, like, you know, why did you feel like you're in the rearview mirror and all that stuff? Because I got a goddamn good job, dude. And they're yeah. like, I, I, I bust my ass, but I do something that like is very super fulfilling for me. Uh, yeah. Would I would, like anybody else, but I love to be able to like retire and sit on a beach and like paint like boats and shit. Of course. You know, like I would, I want to just sit there, and just, <laughs> sit there and drink beer and burp like you just did. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, we all aspire to have that, like that perfect kind of, you know, relaxing life, you know? And, yeah. uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm happy to have my role in this community where whatever that role is and however you paint it, however you see me, that's fine. I'm comfortable being crazy uncle Rummy. So, you know what I'm saying? I think that you, what you were saying, like about how, you know, it relates to being humble, you know, it's super important. Like we talked, like I talked about in the last show with JJ, like, this never stops being the coolest thing in the world. You know, like I, I never, I, I never get like blown. I never like am not blown away by the fact that like people care about what I have to say, you know, or like the people want to read reception perception or listen to this podcast. Like, and, and I, you know, I, I, I don't really talk. I, I'm trying to get more and more comfortable talking about like where, what I came from, from like personal experiences and how that made me kind of get started. And, and someday I'll be, I actually do want to, tell the whole story and be open and public about that. But I'm not at this point, but, but I, I think that also influences me too. Yeah. Like, like your, your background and your personal experiences really do come out in your work. And, and like the people that have gone through shit, you know, people that have like, I mean, I haven't had, I haven't had an abstention. I'm not saying like, I have, I have not had like a super tough life or anything, but like I've had my, I've had periods that were, that were struggles. And, mm-hmm. and I think the people that have go, like go through shit and come out the other end, they're grateful to be here, you know, in the community. They're grateful to be able to discuss. And you could just tell, you could just tell when somebody has a vibe of like, man, I'm just happy to be here. And I, I think that's something that all of the guests that I've had on have been really good in conveying, you know, like, so that's, that's something I definitely wanted you to, to touch on because like you said, you've got a good, you've got a good real life. And I, I think that people on Twitter that follow us all kind of also forget that like, most of most most everybody on twitter like has another job like you know waldman writes at a magazine during the day you know mm-hmm. you know you you have a, a really important job you know that you're not just doing fantasy stuff like a lot of other guys aren't doing fantasy full-time and i think it's just important to remember that it's always just important that's why i love this podcast so much because i get to kind of help people talk about themselves and like themselves as human beings so yeah definitely i think that's really important and uh yeah, so I, I think we'll we'll end it right here. But before we go, like, I just want to give you one last, you know, chance. If there's anything else you want to convey to the audience, you know, floor is yours before we get out of here. Yeah, I, I think that you know, as I stated earlier, I think you really should, uh, if you want to get into this this uh, business of, of fantasy football or talking about football, you know, work hard, put some put some work out there, reach out to people. You have an opportunity now in an age where you know, it's, it's so unique. You don't have to go through channels anymore. You could, you could put something out there on Twitter. You could reach out to somebody. Um, there's so many great people. You know, I talked about Sigmund Bloom. We talked about, you know, the guys over at football guys, Joe Bryant and talked about Evan Silva. 
you know, we talked about, you know, jo- you know, Josh over at four for four. I mean, there, there's so many people that are willing, nice people, kind people that are willing to listen to what you have to say, give you an opportunity and open a door for you. Uh, it's so unique to any other experience in any other time. Uh, and, and, and maybe that's why the old sports writers are so bitter and so angry right. because they had, to, <laughs> they had to sit in the locker rooms and, you know, listen to watch guys like pee on the floor and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, uh, it's a different time, you know, and, and, and we're able to sort of get opportunities without having to jump through these crazy hoops and, and work for, for 10 years to get a shot. You, you do good work. You put it out there, people will notice it. And if you're a good person, um, you'll get noticed and you'll get pushed up a lot further, a lot faster. Yes. And that, that's the important part. Just don't be a dick. It's just, so, it's just so – being a dick is lazy. It's just – it's so lazy. It's like I, – I, and again, I, for, for me, like I, I, I joke a lot on Twitter. I, I say stuff and this and that, and I, I'm a clown, and I, I love to have make people laugh and all that stuff. But it's one thing to like say something funny. It's, it's another thing to say something hurtful and stupid and disrespectful. Totally different. You know, and it shows, believe me, on my timeline, I see the people that do that. And a lot of times I get rid of those people on my timeline. But yeah, the people that that are really out there doing good stuff and that that are just kind of really interactive and funny and smart, you, you'll be around. Trust me, you'll be around in some way, shape or form. It's kind of like my story, like I'm just going to stick around like a goddamn barnacle on a boat. But, <laughs> you know, I'm happy to be that barnacle. So. Whatever. If you guys want me around, I'll stick around. And, and thanks for having me on your your podcast, Matt. It's uh, been a fun time, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, it's my pleasure to have you. And, and I definitely like you around for sure. I mean, like I said, I love the podcast. And also, like, if you haven't read some of Rummy's work on Bro Jackson, talking about, like, his personal life and everything, you definitely should because it is it's outstanding it's really honest and 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 great and like your appearance on ethan harriman's podcast which is another great one uh the hammer time podcast if you don't listen to if you like this podcast you'll like you'll like that one too your mm. episode on there was great that was very you. meaningful you're very honest dude i hope someday you do get to retire on a beach and you can write a book about all that <laughs> shit, i would read it so again thank you rummy for coming on and uh you know everybody that's listening if you're if you're enjoying the show so far, you know, please subscribe on iTunes, leave ratings, reviews, all that sort of stuff that I'm supposed to say. It really does help us grow the podcast and everything. And I think that there's a lot that you guys can learn from these guests. So, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I hope you learned something today. <laughs>